Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. My name is Mark Jackson and I am your host. Thank you all so much for tuning in. it's been an in- interesting, crazy week. Uh, on Monday, I tested positive for COVID, and I've been in pain ever since, and it's just, it sucks. But the show always must go on, uh, so I'm going to keep this super short and super sweet. Today, I have Casket Slime from Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Super rad uh, horror-themed metal. It's awesome. I also have, because it is spooky season, Beth Dunn from Harlots and Hellions and Aaron Fritz from Lit is F Promotions, who's promoting the Babes of Metal 4 show at Portal in Louisville, Kentucky. So stay tuned. Like I said, this is a long one. Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much. And continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, the It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys because 
every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlist as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show, and you'll be supporting those people as well too. Thank you all. So let's listen to some Casket Slime here. This is Apocalyptic Dawn. Feature presentation. Metalheads, I am being joined with Freddie Rewind from Casket Slime all the way in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Dude, what is going on, man? I'm just trying to live through the pandemic, you know? I'm just trying to get through this shit like everybody else. Right? It's been fucking crazy. I mean, 
I've got friends in Australia who, who have been like 120 days locked down again. And it's like fucked up. That's crazy. Yeah. They were, they were pretty close to being open too. So, well, not only were they like close to being open, they were open for a while, but like you had to like quarantine for, for like three weeks before even going to the country. Yeah. So that, unbelievable. Yeah, that's insane that all of a sudden they they started getting uh, high numbers again, which hopefully hopefully you haven't contracted COVID or anyone close to you hasn't. So no, uh, I live out in the sticks like I live in the middle of nowhere. So that's that's basically why that we have so many releases at this point, because I basically do nothing but watch horror films in my basement and just record death metal this whole time. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That is that is insanely awesome so i do consult the metal archives the encyclopedia metallium if you've ever seen like loudwire's uh wikipedia factor fiction or is that metal Metal injection somebody who does wikipedia factor fiction this is the this is the same thing because some of this is really interesting because this has your all's uh active dates from 1998 to present yeah I mean, is that ac- is that accurate? 1998? Unfortunately, it's not accurate. Um, <laughs> I I personally did that because, you know, it's that whole trend right now of like OSD Abbott. I just thought like if we wanted to be like the most like OG, like the kings of this shit, we had to be from like 19 like 90s at least. Right. So I just thought they're not going to fact check that and I just changed it to 1998. Dude, you would really be surprised because they've messed up some stuff that I'm personally a part of. And they're yeah. like, do you have the proof? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I am the proof. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I've done that. I've done that when I was I've updated some pages on there and I just typed into like the reasons box. Like, I'm him. Like, that's me. <laughs> and they're like, do you have the proof <laughs> again? <laughs> For, oh, sometimes I don't get it because they're they're rules are absolutely ridiculous sometimes. Yeah, it's weird. There's like a bunch of like elitist nerds running that website. And and there's so many bands. I mean, you talk about like doing the band camp thing where you can hit the shuffle button and you see all the similar artists to what you're listening to. This yeah. is also the same way. There I think there's over over a million entries or some shit like that of just bands. And that's yeah. that's insane. That's just it's like, insane how many of them have like the same name too, though. Like if you type in like something like super generic, like revenge or something, there's like right. eight bands from like a hundred different con- countries that have like the same name. Well, uh, overload, for example, my band, that's one as well because it's an extremely common name. And had I known it when, you know, 15 years ago when I chose this, that yeah. I probably wouldn't have done it because now like, when I look up like the the metrics on like Spotify and and iTunes and shit like that, I get yeah. I get stupid crap on there like a playlist from India that's called Overload, and they're like, oh, you had forty seven thousand spins this week, and then you look through the songs and none of them are your song. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> That's crazy. So it's like the, the case that it's got to be like Highlander. There can only be one. You just got to be the best of them all. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's insanity is all, all I can say it is. I mean, there's not enough good single word uh, names left 
for people to pick. It's always yeah. like you said, like revenge or or riot, you know, or you know, shit like that. It's there's too many of them. So about casket slime, tell us how yeah. this started. Uh, it started um because uh me and uh Jason were in a couple other bands together and uh we just like we get drunk in the jam space and we just kind of like shoot the shit and like sometimes ideas are like born and they get carried out and sometimes like it's just two drunk dudes talking uh so casket slime was kind of like one of those ideas where it was like we could totally make this band like we could do it really quickly and it would be like really sick and so we we just started and then like two weeks later we had like our first uh demo made and um, we had the logo. Uh, um, we got it from this this really awesome chick in like South America. She we only paid like eighty bucks for it. She did all of that detail into like the lettering and stuff, like in Pachigo. And uh, and yeah, it was like it it just like was born out of drunkenness, and it was a thing in like two weeks. And like it wasn't short. It wasn't a short time after that that we had started like writing and uh recording uh they sleep we creep you know so it it, ha- it, it happened pretty quickly absolutely nothing it, it's interesting because you do bring up the logo with the with the design and everything and it is extremely detailed yeah and it, it is total it is. and it's a total old school logo but you mentioned you paid like 80 bucks for it which the exchange yeah. rate is you know down there is so insane it'd be like eight thousand dollars or something for them Oh yeah, dude. I did like, I, I personally was like, at one point I was like looking into, I was like, how much is 80 bucks worth? Like in like Indonesian coinage. And it's, it's like a fair amount. I mean, obviously it's going to be if, if you're paying like, cause she was uh, charging us like in USD as well. So she was probably making a killing off that. And like, that's sick for them, dude. They like, I don't know how many, like specifically from like Indonesia and like South Asian countries, like, uh, death metal artists there are on instagram and like i'm sure it's making them all like sick money it definitely is and i get there's not like a day that goes past that somebody doesn't add the pay add the metal forge page on there and they're like dude i love the page would you like some artwork i'm like i'm good but i'll I'll let you know when i do (laughs) yeah or i will or i'll pass along somebody that i know would be interested (laughs) 100 percent that is 100%. like that is the the beauty and and kind of downfall to you know the internet these days is everybody knows everybody so that's the beautiful thing yeah. about it because I think it's broken down those walls of local scenes mm-hmm. yeah everybody has their local deal but yeah. but with the internet you know unless we were tape trading still to this day or CD trading I probably wouldn't have heard of you guys. A hundred percent. We probably wouldn't even be a band, honestly, because like so much of our sound like relies on like free software and like f- like just like easy to use like tools and stuff like that. Like even Bandcamp and and shit. Like I couldn't imagine like even being a musician. I mean, I'm sure it would have been like more interesting back then because the music industry was like a lot more like put together than it is now but like the freedom of creativity is like unlimited at at this point in time it's amazing well definitely and beforehand you know 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 plus years ago when when the major organizations and the record labels were together 
you know, yeah, you had a lot of subsidiary labels and shit like that, but you were pretty much locked in to where you were. Like, if you were signed to Atlantic Records, you couldn't do shit outside of Atlantic Records. Today, it's all different. You could be signed to Shadow Kingdom Records for your current band, but do a side project for High Roller or somebody else, and Mm -hmm. and it not conflict with with anybody. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah, true. Oh, 100%. So you've got Rewind or Die, which was the demo. Then you've got a split, Rotten Brain and Casket Slime. And then you have three full lengths, two of which came out in 2020. And the newest, which is Enter the Casket. Yeah. Which that just came out back in August. Sure did, yeah. And that's insane. That's 15 songs. Yeah, it's a lot of material. Uh, like you know, half it was written by Jason, half it was written by me. Right on. I I love some of the names on here, like Hillbilly Murder Shack. Yeah. Uh, it's just Gemini Killer, Cool Tomb of the Damned, uh, Clean Up Aisle Six Six Six. Yes, that's fucking rad as shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, it's all horror movies, you know. Really? Like? Oh yeah, it's all horror films. These are so they're named after. After horror films. Yeah, 100%. Like, uh, Hillbilly Murder Shack, that's, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Uh, I see. 666, that's Intruder. Okay. I see what you're doing here. Oh, I, I get it now. Okay. So they're not yeah. like the actual film name. Cause like I said, no, if there was a film called Hillbilly Murder Shack, I want to fucking own it. <laughs> oh, 100%. I almost, yeah, you're totally right. Someone should steal that. <laughs> right. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.com bigcartel.com Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. So before we actually started recording here, I had asked you about live performance and with it just being the two of you, the live aspect hasn't came, hasn't come around for you guys yet. No. Would it ever be something you would want to consider trying to do? A hundred percent. I like to perform live uh, and I like to make an idiot out of myself uh, often. Like, uh, I love getting up on stage with just a drum machine and my guitar and just kind of like weirding people out. Like, that's really where my 
like uh that's where like the inspiration for being a musician came for me so like something like caskets i'm like i could easily do that because so much of like the like backing track is like electronically designed uh the only the only setback right now to playing live uh around where i live in ottawa is like the scene is like very sparse like it's very little payoff you end up playing with the same five people and you know like i just I don't see a point in driving like four hours to Toronto or anything like that to kind of do something like that. Definitely. Like, I mean, the payoff has to be there. The payoff kind of has to be there like a little bit. Like it's, it's not really like a, like super about the payoff. It's to me, it's just like, why, you know, like, I I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing that band playing like a live show or at this point. Definitely. And, and, and just for clarifications for, for everybody listening, when I say payoff, I don't necessarily mean monetary. Yes, that's always oh, yeah. a part of it, but I think the payoff has to be there, you know, emotionally, mentally, however you want to put that, you know, it has to be worth it to you to be able to do it. Yeah. Straight up. Definitely. I, and I totally agree with that. Yeah. I could get behind that because sometimes, you know, I've, I've played shows in, in my career where I've just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Yeah. To me, it's one of those things where I think you have to be satisfied with where you're playing and it's not all, and, and how, you know, the particulars about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, for instance, if I could get on like a fucking airplane and go play like obscene extreme, I would do it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to pack my car up to go play Mavericks in Ottawa. I'm just not going to do it. Right. Well, I mean, there's very little emotional payoff to it for sure. I'm, there's clubs in my city that I've been like, you know, I really don't. We got offered this, but do we really want to do it? No, yeah. not really. It's like for sure. So enter the casket came out a month ago. What's coming up next? I mean, are you working on something new? Yeah. So like the band kind of like this weekend is a little, in a little bit of disarray. Like, Jason like left the project like he's done with it like he doesn't really feel like writing for a death metal band anymore so for now he's kind of out so he was the main lyricist uh on the last album and uh he was also the vocalist so I'm kind of like trying to think about like what like would be progressive for this project since it's just me now and uh I've decided you know like the next the next LP is going to be like uh, it's going to be a concept EP, uh, sorry, album. It's going to be a concept album. Uh, I'm essentially going to be taking the horror movie trope of having each song be a horror about a horror film and just making the whole album a horror film, kind of like a King Diamond kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. So, th- like, that's kind of like that's what I want to do. So, I'm going to be doing that, and then I also have like, uh, like a a, a grind or like a more grind core kind of album also going to be coming down the pipes as well so i kind of have two two projects for casket slime that are uh like kind of like in the concept stages right now but um like you know when those when those come like uh to fruition like later on down the road should probably be about like next summer or something like that people should be able to start seeing new music absolutely that's see that's like that's rad as shit to me because you actually have the idea and obviously with this you've actually been able to put it through to fruition yeah thanks super cool super cool yeah i i mean like i i hope it i hope it pans out the way i want it to pan out because i i really like the idea of writing a concept album and i'm currently going to film school so 
hopefully I'll be able to take something that I've learned from that and actually apply it to a project I'm currently working on. Nice. So the film school thing, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I started it at the beginning of the pandemic because I was, I was so bored. I was like, well, what do I do now? So I was like, I might as well get certified in something. Definitely. Now, uh, can if if you don't mind, do you, do you mind to delve into that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So obviously, with film school, you know, there's more to it than just point and click camera yeah, <laughs> action. But you know, there's more than just that. With what kind of uh, direction are you wanting to go? In are you wanting to go full on and like become a director? Are you looking at like editing? Uh, speci- so specifically I'm going, I'm studying script writing. Uh, so like, I would hope to be like a script writer, you know, like I want to like write, uh, horror films. I want to like, you know, I just want to work in that, that realm. I want to like write about like terrible things, fantastical things. Uh, you know, like some of, some of, so some of my like inspirations, like, uh, Sam Raimi, uh, from like evil dead fame, you know, uh, all that kind of stuff like RoboCop. I'm just like obsessed with it. Like, I just really want to bring back that, that old school vibe, you know, like, you know, like when you think of things like clean up aisle six, 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 you know, like that's cool. Like that's kind of the stuff that I want to like inject back into horror is like that old style, like pulpy kind of like after school, specially kind of yes. vibe. Absolutely. Well, see my favorite horror film of all time is phantasm. Oh my God. Yeah. Phantasm is massive and for, for me and Jason as well. And I'm that guy. I like all five of them. Yeah. I, I like all five of them. Like, they all hold a special place in my heart. And, yes, Coscarelli's work in in all of those, uh, obviously without Ravager, because he only produced it. But yeah. Coscarelli's work in all of that is extremely cool. And, yeah, I yeah. completely get what you're saying, like with the Sam Raimi and the, and the Toby Hooper type stuff, for sure. I was actually reading something earlier today about where... Sam Raimi is directing the new Doctor Strange into the multiverse yeah. film. And yeah. it's interesting because when in Spider-Man 2, when uh, Dr. Octopus comes out and they, and they're going through the names yeah. and uh, Ted Raimi, who's playing Jameson's assistant, he says, Dr. Strange. He goes, ah, it's, it's taken. And <laughs> Alfred Molina is back as. Dr. Octopus in the new Spider-Man film. So technically all of the canon is there with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man and the, and the MCU now. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. It's my nerd moment for the day. I get one of those, but only (laughs) one. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty exciting, man. It it really is. It's like so in depth. It's like, there's no way they planned that. And then it's Hollywood. And you're like, they plan every fucking thing. (laughs) 100 percent i'm just glad that they're letting him do another i'm just glad they're letting him do another superhero movie like another marvel movie because i they're like you know what like i i those those spider-man movies that he did like they came out when i was like a a kid right so like that was like like i didn't see any problem with those movies because i was so young and willem dafoe's like performance as the, the green goblin is so visceral that's uh, just like I love the at least the first two Spider-Man films. Oh, absolutely. And I I love those as well. And cuz they came out for me when I was a teenager, you know, like 
yeah. 18, seven, 16, 17, 18, somewhere around in there. And the only thing that I had an issue with was in Spider-Man 3. I thought it was a little too long and I was just, I, I do like it, but like the whole emo dance scene, I was just like, nah, uh-huh. <laughs> could have done without it. Yeah, that was a little uh, weird. Yeah, really know. It, it really was. But I think that's, you know, I think that was Sam Raimi's thing that he, you know, he's never directed anything like that before. So why not try and do it? True. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I want to get into some general questions about you as a person. All right. Priest or maiden? Oh my God, what the fuck kind of a question is that? (laughs) Oh man. And mind you, uh, I just saw Priest for the first time last week. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on your story. That must have been a killer show. It 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 was, and you know, and the day after Richie Faulkner uh, had to cancel the tour because he went into the hospital. No way. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna have to go with Judas Priest just because I'm I'm gay as well as uh, Metal God. So right on. And yeah. I was actually speaking with somebody about that the other day, and, you know, that was a completely unscripted TV moment. Yeah. And kudos to Rob for that. A hundred percent. Because when he was talking, I believe it was uh, on MTV with Carson Daly, and, yeah. and he was just like, bam, there it is. And I was like, dude, that takes a lot. That's hardcore. Well, have you have you read his biography? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like the way it, like the way his biography frames it, like leading up to it, it was just like so crazy because he for so long thought that that was going to like completely ruin his career. Uh, yes. Um, it's like, like fuck to think of that at all. Cause it's like, it's, he's, he's metal God. Like, right. And honestly, I kind of get why he thought that. And 100%. I think on it, I think honestly, if it were anybody else, if it were a Corey Taylor, not saying that Corey Taylor is, uh, yeah. <laughs> or anything. Uh, but if it were a Corey Taylor, if it were, you know, I don't know, somebody not as established as Rob Halford, everyone knows it's even, even what I call the normies, you know, the people who don't really listen to metal, they yeah. still know who, who Judas Priest is. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, if it were any, anybody else, I think it probably could have, but for him, not at all. Especially though, like back, like in the eighties and nineties and stuff like that, like when it was like way less progressive than it is now. Definitely. Cause like, I, I feel like now it's just, it's such like a whatever thing. It's like an, it's just a part of somebody's identity that it's people don't even really consider it. But back then it was like such a political like thing to be gay. Right. 
Absolutely. If you could relive any age of your life, what would it be? Uh, I'm pretty sure I would like to be 20 years old again, just because uh, I had like no responsibilities and I, I had such anxiety at that point in my life that I just shouldn't have. I would just go back and just live my life completely free of that anxiety, just drink so much more and just fuck so much more and just smoke so much more <laughs> right. than I can now. <laughs> That's that's basically it. Yeah, and then and then and then you grew up. <laughs> yeah, basically. Unfortunately, not by any of our choices. <laughs> it's a terrible thing because people are always telling you like, "Oh, it's gonna be like you better live your life the best you can right now." And you're like, "I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm 18 years old." And then you blink and you're fucking fat. You're 30. Ugh. Well, you know, I, I've always been no. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been fat, but not 30. I almost wish I was 30 again. Yeah. If you could live your 20th year in any era, like any. Oh, I love this question. What would you choose? What time frame would you choose to be 20 years old in? Jeez. That's a tough one. Yeah. Because there's so many good ones. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say like 1969 or, uh, you know, 1981. Knowing what I know now, obviously. Like if I was, yeah. if I was 20 and 81, where it's like the thrash scene is booming and going, starting to go nuts. It'd be perfect. Yeah. You know what? I think I would have to go with the eighties just because like, it's exactly, you said like shit's going nuts. And like, there's still like that level of like carefreeness. I don't know. Maybe my, I'm just ignorant to like the history of the eighties, but like, it just, it seems like a pretty chill time for sure. Or the, either the eighties or the seventies, either one of those. Absolutely. Me. I, I mean, that's one of the things that I would, yeah. I mean, I would, ha it would be hard for me to actually pinpoint a year for sure, but it would probably, but be especially just because it's the horror, the horror movies at that point are also booming. Oh, know? absolutely. Like, that's a really good time for horror films, especially like in the seventies. Like there's so much more like exploitation horror and stuff. Like I'd love to go to New York, like live in New York around that time because there's like, just so many porno theaters playing so many disgusting B movies. Oh, absolutely. So you did mention a second ago with being 20 again and being able to ha not have the anxiety, but being able to drink and smoke and fuck. Uh, beer or whiskey? Uh, beer. Do Always you, been a beer guy. Definitely. Do you have a particular brand? Old style Pilsner, buddy. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're Canadian or not, but no. uh, we got this, we got this festive little can up here. It's uh, got like green and red and yellow, and there's like a bunch of crazy shit all over. Have you ever seen the movie Fubar? No, I have not. Oh, dude! If you ever, if you have a moment in the next couple of months to check out this movie, it's Fubar, F-U-B-A-R. Sure. I, you'll swear to God that you're watching like a real documentary, but it's like a, it's a joke. It's these two uh, Canadian metalhead dudes that are just like complete like trailer trash, and it's like a the chronicle of like their life. And it's like so funny, bro. Dude, and they basically, yeah, basically they, the whole time they're drinking Pilsner and it's like this, it's like, it's basically like Bush. It's like Laker ice. It's like one of those like really low end, like $2 beers. <laughs> right. But like, you could just like, you could get like a fucking six pack of those for like 10 bucks and just like a tall can six pack and just get fucking ruined on them. That's what I prefer, bud. 
Nice, nice, nice. Uh, what do you do to get away from music? Um, I listen to true crime podcasts. Like, I, I don't know. There's times when I like, like just this last week, actually, like I couldn't listen to any music. Like I just didn't. Like I listened to just like, I'm listening to this audio book right now called The Confessions of Young Nero. It's like 16 hours long, but I've just been binging that at work and stuff like that. Like I, I get like that sometimes too. Like there'll be like weeks when I just like don't listen to music or like, I just like stop essentially, you know, like I just do something else. It's not very often though. Like I think you might notice if you find my metal encyclopedia page that I'm in an absolute fuck ton of bands. Yeah, I saw that. You and you do different things in those too. You, yeah, you do drums I, I, in one, you do guitar in another. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'm like I have like a very weird like case of ADD where like I just can't stop doing things. Um, I was like learning how to make like do 3d modeling, uh, in the summer at one point I like, um, I'm like, like learning how to become a writer now. So, you know, like there's just like, I'm just like, I can't seem to stop. I don't, I don't have a social life, you know, like I have a very poor social life. Like I really don't talk to very many people. Like people invite me places often. I just don't go. Like I'm like a really weird person. I get that because like for me, it stemmed from like, all of my non-musician friends wanting to go and hang out at the bar. Yeah. And I associated the bar with work for being a musician. Yeah. And I was just like, well, where are you guys going to go? Oh, we're going to go to, you know, <laughs> such and such bar. I'm like, nah, I mean, dude, at, at, at a certain time in my life, I was spending like, you know, four or five nights a week in a bar. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, couldn't we just hang out at somebody's house? <laughs> Bars are fucking expensive too, though. Oh, I don't know about yeah, you, but in Canada and Ottawa, especially, dude, beer is like a tall can of beer is like ten bucks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's insane. That's why no, dude, it sucks. That's why everybody ne- needs to switch to like PBR and shit, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm saying though. PBR is still like ten bucks. Oh my gosh, is it really? Yeah, and oh. some bars in Ottawa, dude, it's fucking like it's unbelievable. Like, oh my gosh, that's insane. That is dude, fucking uh, crazy it, as fuck. Ottawa I mean, sucks, dude. I mean, we're talking like here, uh, it like a, a bar that I frequent, Magbar. Their PBR just regular is like two twenty five. Oh my god, that's what I'm fucking talking about. I mean, but not everything's like that. But like you get like Budweiser, be like four bucks. Yeah, that's bucks. reasonable. Yeah, that is. I mean, shit, you're talking like here in America, that's like fucking concert prices, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's legit like in like, most bars. It, like if you go to a big show in like Toronto, like, you know, at whatever arena there, how much is the fucking beer in there? I have no idea. I've never been oh. in an arena show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm sure it's fucked. I mean, like, if the bars are that expensive, like, yeah, I mean, you're not getting a I mean, fucking deal there. Like, Fuck that. Metalheads are usually eclectic people. We like to travel for the most part. We collect knickknacks and other weird stuff that, like, we just display on shelves. What do you collect? I collect VHSs, VHS tapes. Nice. Specifically. I got two shelves beside me right now that are full to the brim with VHS tapes. A lot of them, like surface level stuff, like dust till for, till dawn. You know, like uh, like I got a lot of Schwarzenegger, like face off with uh, Cage. But uh, I really try to look for like a more obscure VHSs, and I I have found a couple of them. I found uh, this one called um, Blood Shack. That movie is it's so weird. You can't. I don't even think you can find it online. But it's like this really poorly put together like movie about this like haunted shack. Nice. 
I, I'm interested and, uh, already. It's like this chick just like shows up to like spend the night in the shack. Like her friends like are gonna go with her, but then they just like ditch her. They're like, "Nah, we're good. Bye." And they just like drive away without her. <laughs> and uh, this dude in like a gimp suit like chases around with, like this big fucking machete, this like long ass machete. It's like the weirdest. Like it's only like, and it's not even a feature like movie. It's only like sixty minutes long. Wow. But it's from like. Yeah, it's from like 79. It's like one of the weirder ones. You know, that is always something that is interesting to me as well with the film connection. You know, I, I was going to, I planned to go to film school when I was younger, but I never did it. Oh, yeah. But because I've always thought the editing process was amazing. <laughs> Just, you know, splot, uh, taking actual film and splicing it type, type stuff. I always thought that was great. So yeah. it, it, it's interesting to me with the digital age that we are in today with yeah. all these streaming services out there, films like that, where the fuck are they at? Yeah. Cause it's true. Yeah. I mean, you get so many bad movies, no matter what it is. Uh, it could be an action movie. It could be a fucking suspense thriller. It could be horror. It could be a comedy that are just so fucking low budget bad. Not necessarily because they're terribly written or any shit like that. They're just some low budget. Yeah. And where the fuck do they go? Because like, you know what? That's a, that's exactly it. And that's exactly you know that's that's part of the reason why I enjoy collecting VHS is because it's like where where is this gonna end up? You know, like something like Blood Shack, it's gonna get thrown into the trash, and it's it's upsetting. You know, like there's there's some there's some old pornography that I've even collected. You know, like some uh, John Holmes films that I own on on DVD. I found them like I found this one, uh, the Jade Cat uh, one. It was twenty dollars on this adult uh, video website that hadn't been updated in like twenty years, and I took a huge risk giving them my credit card information, but they sent me the DVD at, at the end of it. So crazy. Maybe maybe there's some Asian gangster out there who's using my credit card information to buy blow off the black market. That's fine because <laughs> I have this DVD. But it's it's for real though, you know. It's like I think that there's a market for that because there's something fun about watching like something that's just so bad, right? You know, like something that's like poorly, like that's super grainy and it's it's illogical and like the reactions are super like expressive and super like intense. You know, it's like seeing stuff like that is so like engaging and so like like there's there's a a hilarity to it. You know, it's like, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right with that. And this, because this is October and it's spooky season here in the metal forge with you saying that it reminds me, I actually went with a friend, uh, a couple of friends actually to see death rider in the house of vampires. Nice. And is Glenn Danzig written, directed, and produced? Shut up. Western horror film. I have to. See. Is it in theaters? It was. It was like scarcely in theaters. Let's just say that. Now, can you give me the title of that again? Uh, Death Rider in the House of Vampires. And the thing about this was everything that you just hit on the the graininess, the dialogue, watching something just because it's so bad, like. You talk about like the seventies porn, how the acting in that, for example, is like there's a somebody says a line and then like three beats later the the retort line is there. Yeah. That's exactly how this was. Ugh, amazing. And we uh the friends we were we were discussing it afterwards, and it's such a good movie. It's like it's it's so bad it's good. That, yeah. That we were just like, you know, in Danzig's mind, you know. He has to think that this is a fucking Academy Award winning masterpiece. I hope so. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I I genuinely hope so. I love Glenn Danzig so much just because he's that guy that's right. just like so like upset all the time, and, and he's just like such a crusty piece of shit. And and it's like the thing of uh, he's the guy that everyone says is a musician, dude. You can't take it so seriously. He takes it so seriously. Yeah, and he is that guy. I you know I have this hilarious comic book called uh henry and glenn forever and ever i don't know if you ever heard about it it's basically like this like comic about like uh henry rollins and glenn danzig like their boyfriends oh my god it's so funny because it's like so like it's such a good joke like it's not like in any way like sexual it's like but like there's this quote in the front like of this i have like the like the ultimate edition and uh the quotes from like uh henry rollins and it's like uh dude has has glenn seen this he would not be impressed and underneath it is a quote from glenn danzig and he's like some people are assholes <laughs> it's so good definitely i i'm going to have to check it out it sounds hilarious it's so funny it's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird, Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. On the idea of film still here, what was your favorite TV show growing up? The Simpsons. Nice. Yeah, The I Simpsons. A- I, I used to I used to own the DVD box sets for, for that, and I would I would religiously watch every episode. And I would also watch like the commentary with like Matt Groening and like the writers and like the producers. Right. And like that was like some of my early exposure. Like I think that's what made me new, like no that I was going to work with film at some point in my life, just because I was so engrossed in the Simpsons. For sure. I get that. And then sometimes there, there's nothing like watching great supplemental material to movies yeah. and TV shows and stuff. I know like I absolutely love the extended editions of like Lord of the Rings for that reason. Yeah. Because there's sure. just so much extra content. I love seeing the way things were made like that. And I wish like people like Steven Spielberg would do commentary tracks, but he yeah. Um, there's not not a commentary track on anything of his. He's a weirdo, but he's like he's like one of the world's best, right? But I know what you're saying. I totally agree. Like, there's some movies I'm watching. I'm like, I wish that there was like a five hour cut of this movie. Like, I don't even care if nobody else would watch it but me. Like, uh, like the most recent Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. I felt really strongly about it. I wish that there was an extended cut of that because I just love the effects of that movie and I love the world it was set in. Right. And like, I could, I could watch that movie. I've seen it like 11 times at this point. I could just watch that movie all day. It's been on my list to to view. It's, it's pretty good. I I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak super highly of it because there are some people who don't care for it and I get why, but I personally enjoyed it and I thought it was just like mind bending with what he was doing. And, and sometimes that's, that's good. Yeah. Oh, yeah amazing what album is an absolute playthrough for you 
Ooh. Uh, if you had to pick any, one. If I had to pick one, Painkiller by Judas Priest, probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Painkiller by Judas Priest. Absolutely. That's such a great like, one to pick, too. That's a fantastic album. Like, it's so it's so off the wall. Like, you listen to some of their earlier records. Like, you listen to, like, Hellbent for Leather, and you're like, okay, like, these dudes are rocking. Like, this is pretty cool. This is kind of bluesy. It's hanging out. And then you're just, like, thinking, like, 20 years after this record, they made Painkiller. Like, it's, like, completely night and day. I don't even think it's 20 years. I think it's only, like, 12 or 13. Yeah, it's not even that. It's, yes, absolutely. And it is night and day different. I think that there's other bands that I've noticed that have done that as well, where, like, yeah, in, like, when Hellbent for Leather came out, it was 1979, and it's total rockin' awesomeness, but then when you get to Painkiller, they're fucking metal. Yeah. Kiss did that, too. Yeah. With, um revenge you know they became metal on revenge and i was like wow you know considering they were hair metal in the 80s they were kind of glam metal in the 70s and so they've like completely changed as well but yes when a band adapts and changes with the time yeah like that that record really was like fucking insane definitely uh and i like and i like hellbent for leather oh yeah i I fucking love the shit out of hellbent for leather Uh, so I've got one more question, but before we get into it, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody today? Uh, I'm going to shout out to my boys in Thundercock, uh, from on Ottawa, Ontario. They're super, they're super chill. Um, I want to shout out to beauty and the bean on Instagram. Uh, bean is like an adorable cat that I really like. Uh, shout out to the most recent, uh, season of Shudder, uh, sorry, of, uh, Creep Show on Shudder. Nice. That shit's, that shit's ballin' pretty good. Uh, and, uh, I also want to shout out to the Canadian government for wasting $600 million on an election that didn't fucking do shit. Uh, go fuck yourself, Justin Trudeau. You're a fucking stupid piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, last question of the day here in the metal forge is what album changed your life it's gonna have to be spiritual healing by death that album uh was an album that i heard when i was in between when i was in my metallica phase of high school so that was like the first like extreme metal album that i heard and chuck shouldener has always been a massive 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 influence to me throughout my entire life death i owned every i owned uh every album cover on a shirt when i was in high school nice you know, like they're, just, they're massively influential to me so i definitely gonna say spiritual healing just because that's one of my favorite death albums especially at that time like the the cover was just so visceral you know like with the 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 guy in the wheelchair and then the the religious looking dude in the white suit with the money sticking out of his pockets and like the old old fucking uh mammals standing around them the old fuckers oh that absolutely. album the evangelical the evangelical like lay on hands uh, minister type oh yeah all the whole like just the cover like sucked me in like, i just remember seeing the cover and it's it's the same feeling that I had when I heard Toxic Holocaust Hell on Earth, like that same like in that same time period. It's like the covers are both by Ed Repka. Uh I'm certain that that the spiritual healing is done by Ed Repka at least. And uh when I saw the cover for Hell on Earth, I was just like, Holy shit, like that is so cool. Like that whole like nuclear like metal punk thing, like that was like that blew me away. Like that sucked me in. And the same thing happened with spiritual healing. It was just like the the cover was just like, that's what death metal is about. Like, that's so cool. You know, it's like this, this ugly reality hidden under these like bright colors kind of thing. 
Absolutely. And yeah, it is a, it is a Repka cover and he has just so many good ones that are, that oh are out God. there. And this, you know, it for a band like death to have bright blues and whites. That's, you know, they're just so fucking heavy to have a yeah. cover that is like that. It almost, I almost want to say it doesn't match what the, the package is, but it does. Yeah. Just like with the content of the co- the cover, that's yes. really what brings it home. Absolutely. And, you know, you spoke of the, the Metallica phase in high school and everything. And, and, you know, this album came out in 1990, but, you know, it almost has that leper Messiah feeling to it. Yeah. You know? the 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 greed of organized religion and politics and shit like that and you know that's one other thing that i really have to give to chuck too though is like that's really symbolic of his ability to take like reality and make that into the 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 horror you know like that is the death metal is the fact that it's like this here's like this 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 disgusting like grotesque like reality like this extremely like duplicitous kind of thing where on one hand it's like this guy preaching about like healing and like holiness on the other hand it's like the the victim is like the sick and stuff like that like that that's like so cool because you package that on top of this like disgusting record with these these razor sharp riffs and these cool like death death metal melodies and stuff like that and it's just like that's really what death was for me it's just like the heaviness mixed with like the philosophy of life Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's not one that a lot of people say, actually. You know, a lot of them are like the scream bloody gore and leprosy and shit like that. But yeah, I could. Well, you know, I got a I got a scream bloody gore tattoo on my stomach, like a big ass one. No shit. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's still spiritual healing for me. You know, like I get I get why people would say scream bloody gore. Like that's a top notch record. But spiritual healing, you know, it's, it's like that's it's the first one that I heard. So for it's sure. like to me, that's yeah, the, that, it's that, that that's one for it's me. that pinnacle yeah. album for sure. I get that, dude, Freddie. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show this week. And you know, from your stuff, you know, from the casket slime stuff, uh, what do you want me to play out today? Well, uh, let's play them out with uh, the only good bug is a as a dead bug. And uh, uh, thanks so much, man, for having me on the show. I really appreciate it and spending so much time talking to me. You know, this is this wasn't just a, a one uh, cutoff interview. You know, it's decent talk, man. Definitely, and thank you for coming on the show as well. I appreciate it. Uh, I really, I really hope you know at some point you do want to do shows and stuff like that because if you ever did decide to put a band together and go on tour with something, I would love to have you guys here in Louisville. But you know what? If I ever, if that ever happens, you're the first person I'm going to call. For sure, dude. Thank you. So as you heard a second ago, this is from Enter the Casket. This is The Only Good Bug is a Dead Bug. The Only Good Bug is a Dead Bug.
All right, Metalheads, uh, bonus content for this week's episode. I'm sitting here with Aaron from Lit as Fuck Promotions and Beth from Harlots and Hellions. Babes of Metal 4 coming up here soon at 1512 Portland in Louisville, Kentucky. How are y'all doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Dude, I am fine. Uh, um, it's awesome. It's it's a great day out. I'm doing okay. Sorry. I'm soft-spoken, but I'm doing all right. So, yeah, 1512 Portland, also known as Portal. Ah, now. cool. Yeah, so. Sweet. So, they, they actually have a name now. They, they do. do. And That's... a fancy sign and all kinds of stuff. It's a nice venue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it's, you know, people get scared of that part of town. That's not a part that I think you should be scared of right through there. You know, because it's it's before you get to what people look at, you know. Right. This, it's it, it's actually an, an uptick part of town right now where there's a lot of cool restaurants that are down there, like the table mm-hmm. right up the street from it, which is that which is a pretty cool place as well. Yeah, it's definitely a trendy area, but it's not like this is a new place um, to the scene because, you know, it's former Tim Faulkner Gallery was right next door. Um, so it's, it's a place that's familiar to a lot of people. Um, musically, it's where they were doing, um, Beatersville for a while. So it's in a familiar area and familiar to a lot of people. Very, very much an artistic area because it is a, it is a, you know, working gallery. There's, it's also an event space. Like there's, um, you know, a lot that goes into that and it's, you know, decorated and can't miss it really. Absolutely. So tell everybody out in Metal Forge land about, the Babes of Metal series. Um, so Harlots and Hillions Inception kind of came about, as you said, this is our fourth year, but um, it just kind of came about very small, casual show at Kaiju. Originally, it was just a burlesque show, kind of filled with more alternative girls who like alternative music and wanted to do something a little bit different than the traditional burlesque. Um, as we grew, we went to different venues, bigger venues. We started adding bands. It kind of became my baby because I used to work with um, other people in doing this, but then it kind of became my baby, and it's been my baby for three years now. Um, we've gotten, like I said, bigger and bigger over the years. We This will be our first year that we're booking an out-of-town band. Um, thanks to Aaron over here. Very excited. He's actually wearing the Toxic Ruin shirt as we speak. Got to represent the boys. That's right. Absolutely. But, but yeah, so the Babes of Metal were, is just an incorporation of burlesque and bands, and we try to include art vendors. Um, you know, we, we try to get sponsors, you know, tattoo shops or, you know, whatever. Really trying to branch out as much as we can. Um, being in this new venue has allowed us to expand even more because this year will be the first year that we'll actually have an aerialist. Um, and, and all of that. So, and then we'll actually have, opera, there's an outside space. We might have food trucks and like all kinds of stuff. So we're just trying to grow and grow and grow, um, as a group. Absolutely. Uh, and it looks like, uh, you've got some bands on the, sh- on the show here that have been on the Metal Forge before with, uh, Louisville's own artwork for the blind. Yeah. Uh, shout out to those guys. And Bat Wizard. And and Bat Wizard hasn't been on the show yet, but no, but hopefully hopefully just, soon. They just uh, played FTA. Yeah, I know that that, that that mask Vic was wearing was pretty fun. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> it was, and yeah. and of course Toxic Ruin, which uh, most people in the in the independent metal scene have have seen. Yeah, man, they because they've got this killer. Day. Yeah, definitely. And they got this killer killer fucking logo, you know? Yeah, they're really good, man. We did a Stonecutters did a tour with them, the March Radness tour with oh, Lich yeah. King as well. 
the tour that COVID stole from us. Yeah, they <laughs> played. They played like one show. Well, we got we got we had three shows left in the tour, and the last show was at St. Midas. Oh, and like, they got the rug pulled out. Definitely, but the one like silver lining of that whole thing was that um, Brian from right. Lich King has his own studio, Sonic Titan Studios, and so the the tour when we were on tour, we were probably two three hours from that studio when we found out that the rest of the dates were canceled. So we all drove back to their studio, and we were honestly one of the first three bands to do any kind of live stream. Right like when COVID started, absolutely, it, it turned out great. We had like forty-two thousand viewers. Like holy shit! Yeah, we, it was. That's it was insane. really nice. It was a great experience, even though you know, it was live in the studio. It was, and you know, that was also the same, uh, the same tour with Omer, who yes. that he was on the show the day of going on tour. Indeed. So. So that was always that's always fun. Yeah. So it's Saturday, October twenty third is the mm-hmm. show. Yes, it's going to be doors at seven p.m. Uh, show at eight and probably ending around midnight or so is kind of the plan. I did want to kind of mention too, in addition to the rotation of bands every year, because we've also featured bands in the past that are local, such as you know Blind Squire, um, Stagecoach oh. Inferno, all of them. We also rotate our dancers out each year. We do have a core group of young ladies that we work with but we also you know do auditions every year um to keep the variety of performers and performances uh there as well so we always want to keep the audience guessing definitely and it's just like a band for that matter you Mm -hmm. know a band goes on tour and plays the same seven songs or eight songs and you don't want to see them again. Mm-hmm. But you constantly got to change things up. Right. Mix it up. I've said, you know what I would love? I've said this for so many years. I wish like bigger bands that I grew up with would start doing like just album tours. Like, oh, shit. Metallica for the next six years just did a Same tour. <laughs> 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 <Fuck off. laughs> that right. sounds like something they would do in Vegas. But what if they did a Kill Em All tour and then a Ride the Lightning tour and then an Injustice tour? Like, that would be sick. It really would be. And and they could do it because they've done it before. Sure. You know, they did it at uh, Metallica, for example, did it at Orion. Yeah. But they did everything backwards. They started with, like, the struggle. With, they did the Black Album oh, and yeah. Ride the Lightning. So they started with Struggle Within and went to Inner Sandman. Oh, dig it. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see uh, what they, you know, what's in store for them going forward. Right. Because they've been doing these pop-up shows. I, I just saw uh, one of my friends. She stood in line for twenty dollars and got a ticket at this venue. Uh, yeah, it's tonight. in Chicago. It's is uh, it Chicago? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was. Uh, I've got a friend going. Yeah, that she's too. one of the ladies that works with the people from FTA. She posted in the Full Terror Assault and Friends group. She was like, "I just stood in line and got Metallica ticket for twenty bucks." I'm yeah. gonna see them at the Metro. I'm like, what? "Yeah, the Metro. <laughs> that's it. The Metro Theater. <laughs> yeah. That's the one where that's like the Kill 'Em All era video that came out. That's with Cliff 'Em All. Oh, did that's that video that's from the metro in chicago i did not know that definitely hey guys wrestling steve of the wrestling steve show here uh so if you're currently listening to the metal forge with mark jackson then you understand that mark jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole you also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling just like me my show is called the wrestling steve show uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. 
be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro Wrestling! Hey, it's Mark Maxwell at Maxwell's House of Music. Listen, all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website. Check it out at maxwellshouseofmusic.com. We carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. So, Beth, when you decided to start this, what was the genesis of the idea? Um, again, kind of like, you know... I was with Vava Vixens for like four or five years, and don't get me wrong, they're they're incredible performers um, in terms of burlesque side and kind of some sideshow and vaudevillian sort of stuff. But we didn't get a lot of um, necessarily creative freedom, like with that, and like there wasn't always, you know, it was there's a lot of cutesy stuff, a lot of that. But I mean, and we did it, we did it well. But like, you know, there wasn't a lot of what I would consider super alternative stuff. There wasn't a lot of metal, you know, incorporated into the shows. Right. Um, so really it was just kind of, you know, I left that place cause it, you know, more, it was more starting to like work with like-minded people who also, you know, kind of had similar interests and tastes as myself, um, who wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, because, you know, we might look like, not to say that, you know, set ourselves apart, but we, you know, we, we look a little different. We like different things. You know, we don't cost, necessarily fall into that, that cookie cutter. We like thrash metal and dirty dive bars. Right. That's right. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much I like thrash, but like, no, I'm with you. But yes, so that's kind of like, we all like our different subgenres. Fair enough. Definitely. But, you know, there's, there's other groups in town and like actually... Um, I collaborate a lot with her now because there was the other group, We Are the Weirdos, who was kind of doing a similar thing, and that's that's Ricky Little's uh, troupe. But she she's done two or three shows with us now, um, so we've really kind of work, been working very collaboratively because she and I definitely had a similar vision. Um, and then it kind of came about. It was like, all right, well, how can we grow this? And that's when the idea of adding bands came along definitely and it i think it's most bands i don't care who they are unless it's like black like norwegian or swedish black metal type right. stuff they're every pretty much every band is like out there saying i want to have stage dancers <laughs> <laughs> the thrash guys are always like that you know uh, i mean space rock is even that way because hawkwind had stage dancers <laughs> so so it's kind of like the best of both worlds at that point. It is, and like we, a lot of fun. It is, and like it's we've we've gotten a little bit of a mix of both. Like we've definitely had people who have like collaborated with the bands and danced on stage, um, but a lot of like a lot of what it is is we'll have like a burlesque time, and then they'll like the band will play, and right. we'll kind of rotate it in and out. But we've definitely had girls. I think when Olm played, I think we had someone that did a number to that. I did a number to Blind Scryer, and I think. 
one of our others did a number to she, um, but she's also married to the mem- to the singer. So I mean that's oh. that's part of it too. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but like no, we've definitely tried to do again. We try to keep people guessing, do a little bit of everything. We've got girls that you know are tra- like like myself. We're trained dancers. We have aerialists. We have girls that do, that do fire. Though we can't do, we're not allowed to do fire in the venue we're in right now because it's a hazard. We could do it outside. We may do it outside. Well, no, if, it, if the weather's nice, you know, hey, if it's just slightly cool. Mm-hmm. You know, fire, fire would it's, be awesome. It's definitely a possibility. And then we have girls that do kind of freak show stuff. There might be a bed of nails that's coming to the show this oh, fall. Oh wow! I saw that in the interesting. <laughs> so and I it, was like, oh, okay. So it sounds like you just have a, for lack of a better word, troop, uh, a group of people. I was just say that a group troops of, appropriate. Troops Fine. appropriate. Yeah. Uh, it seems like you have a troop of people that are just sit there and it's like everybody gets their own say in what they want to do. Yeah. Right. That you're not just laying it out there saying, okay, well, you're you're going to be a. It's not. This is what you can do. It's like, what do you want to do? Right. Right. It's like when you're when you're auditioning for the school play and you get the. And you get well. You can be a chorus member. Right. <laughs> you don't get to star, but you can be. You can, you can do the background singing. Right. So, so it gives everybody a, sh- a chance to shine. It there. does. Like really, my only rule is, hey, it has to be metal. Because I've had people give me music that's like tenacious D, and I'm like, oh, well, that's pushing it. <laughs> like, you know, so I was like, or like sending music that's absolutely not metal. Don't I'm like, well, when it's called black and cow, that's just- it's good, but like, you know, like there's, and that's just one example that comes off the top of my head, but I've definitely had st- stuff sure. sent to me that is absolutely not metal. I'm like, well, when I it's mean, called we're, Babes we're of Metal. In our niche and our sphere, right. There's a lot of creative. Right. Exactly. Know. No, there absolutely is. And it's like, you know, there's, I, I encourage variety. So it's not one strip tease after the other, but ultimately they, I don't, I don't dictate what they come up I with. Mean, I've, I've got, to collaborate with Harlots and Hellions because I was a fan year two and three when they started adding bands, you know, I was like, oh, the boys are playing. Yeah. So I went and now I'm like, oh man, this is great. You all should, let me help you blow this thing up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's definitely. a really great show and I feel like it could be a yearly banger in this town. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to come see Thrash Metal and Pretty Girls? Bo- oh, boobs and bands and booze. Exactly. All, <laughs> all, all three Bs, you know? And it, it's like it's it's made to made to be that way. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is what you were just saying, Aaron. It's that's awesome, is because yeah, it could become an institution. It could be a that yearly event that I think a lot of metal in Louisville lacks. Yeah, there's Metal Fest out in Shepherdsville with Alan Ashball, which is great. And but there's not really a metal festival or just even a a show like this other than this. And that's one of the things that my entity Lit as Fuck Promotions has been talking about with my people for a couple of years is about getting some kind of yearly metal festival going. And then when Beth asked me to come on with this, I was just kind of like, you know what? This is already a great established thing that I'm already a fan of. You know, why not help them just to see how I feel about running a yearly festival and then maybe grow it from there. I mean, hell, that could always be the Saturday night feature and then have a whole weekend full of stuff. Well, absolutely. And and lots of potential in this town. mm -hmm. And being a musician myself, I've always had this this thing of there's a such thing as a perfect show. You know, as I've gotten older, it, it's really come to my attention. It's like, you know, three bands, you know, started at nine, 
something like that. Go, you know, don't start super, super late anywhere. You know, don't start at like 11 o'clock unless it's Metal Monday at the tap room. <laughs> then it's always, then it's always 11 o'clock. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> you want it to start earlier or you want it to start later? <laughs> I mean, just I- on time. Oh, that would be fucking fair. <laughs> hey, I would, I'm teasing. I'm te- listen, I love Metal Monday. I go to every single I one. I but as I've gotten older, I've noticed that, you know, three bands is really where it's at. Mm-hmm. You know, like you've got That's your a sweet spot. Yeah, there is. And and honestly, the way this town is. If you're playing in that middle position, that's the best place. Yeah. I mean, you've, so, you've always got your opener. I like the three-band idea, too, because you've got an opener, a feature, and a closer. Right. And it works really good, too, because I'll tell the bands, you know, when we have out-of-town bands playing at Magbar or something with the local boys, you know, I'm like, look, sometimes, you know, you really got to fill out the vibe of it, but sometimes it's better to let the local band close because there's a half the crowd is there to see their local homies and... It's better to let the local band close. Sometimes. Oh, absolutely! Now, now, sometimes you know the 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 out of town band that's actually you know the headliner. That yeah, if they're close. if they're drawing the people, then they, then they get. Sure, I think they get the, the the pick of the spot. Absolutely, and absolutely, like we just did a good show at Magbar with Byzantine. I, we, I got them to play Magbar right after their appearance at FTA. It was a nice. fun night. Yeah, man. hell yeah, I love those boys. But like I said. Three bands pretty much is the is the run of the deal. And between this show and uh Babes Three, the concept between both shows, you know, because on the previous show you had some doom and you know, mm-hmm. like the real heavy stuff with like Ulm and Blind Scryer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But now you've kind of got the thrash going on with, with Toxic Ruin and you've got some of the the really heavy stuff with artwork yep. and Bat Wizard as well. I mean, honestly, all the bands you just mentioned, besides Stonecutters, Volcandra, and Cryptic Hymn, She, like, that's just all the boys. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And we've worked with Volcandra and She. Yeah. Right. Like, you're hard pressed. Like, honestly, like, own for me is like, if they're playing, I'm going to be out. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I love those. They just put on such a goddamn mm-hmm. show. When you were actually putting the show together, um, when it, is it a thing where you're like, okay, this person has a, has this routine that, that's going to be doing, this person has this one, and what bands would best complement? Or you look at bands first? Uh, not necessarily. It's just kind of a collaborative effort. Yeah, this year, like, she's pretty much, you know, doing running the ladies and that side of it. And then, you know, I wanted to, this is the first year, like, I wanted, I was like, I want to get an outside, you know, out of state feature band and, now, like I said, Stonecutters has toured with Toxic Ruin, and I know those boys love just playing anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why don't you come to Louisville and do a show for us? And then, you know, like I said, I had a handful of like eight bands, and Beth did so good at picking last year. I was like, well, who can we get this year? And mm-hmm. immediately, you know, Bat Wizard and Artwork for the Blind came to mind because Bat yeah. Wizard's coming off of an FTA appearance. Right. And Artwork for the Blind just played, what was it, Blue... Blue Rock. Blue Rock. Or Blue Ridge Rock yeah. Festival. Ridge, which yeah. was a giant show for them to get on. Oh, yeah. Probably I mean... Uh, that and a, hell, I mean... That's that, a big one. Right. And Bat, Bat Wizard, um, and I, like, they approached me after the last Babes of Metal. They were really wanting to do it in 2020. 
Um, but then COVID kind of messed things up. So me and Nick's a buddy of mine. So I stayed in contact with him and I was like, are you on board? He's like, hell yeah. He's like, we were never not. Like, it was right. like, like, he's like, just give us a date. We'll be there. Yeah. So like I'm they, they've been jumping and like, I will say, you know, it's, it's been awesome because we've been getting, we're getting approached more and more now, but I've already gotten videos and stuff from bands that want to do it next year like but i mean because next year is going to be our fifth anniversary so we're going to try to do something a little bit bigger yeah, next, next year. year for the fifth anniversary i'm gonna you need five shoot bands. my proverbial shot at something big oh we'll see that sounds like a that sounds like a great idea yeah maybe bring some homies up from nola if you like nola bands oh so Fingers crossed. Definitely. You know. Big fingers crossed. Damn. But we want to just keep getting bigger and bigger. So. That's the idea. Yeah. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so you guys don't get away from the uh, the show that easy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you guys some of the same questions that I ask these bands that come okay. on the show. The general profile questions about you as people because it's interesting. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> Everybody is. <laughs> so metalheads are usually really eclectic people. We like to go on tour, even if it's just following bands on shows, to, you know, if we play music, we like to tour. We like to go around and, and find little weird shit out there. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys collect? Um, I collect records, which I think you know that. Yes, <laughs> I do know that. to better days. <laughs> Relatively frequently. Um, it's always on the days I'm not there, though. Yeah. It's usually, yeah, sometimes, but it's just, you know, my my schedule. I haven't, I've been a little bit tapped, so I haven't been record shopping lately, but I need, I'm due for a visit here pretty soon. Definitely. I mean, you can never visit enough record shops when you're on the road. Exactly. <laughs> um, I collect laminates and my concert tickets. I've got, oh, yeah. I've got two big Manila envelopes stuffed full of just about every concert ticket I've been to since I was fourteen. Nice. So one day when I buy this giant million dollar house I plan on living in, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live gonna in the carriage house. <laughs> right. It. Get your mother-in-law suite. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> But I uh, one day I was planning on having I'm a shadow box everything with all my concert tickets to do it by decade. Oh hell yeah, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, man. That's awesome. So what do you do to get away from, you know, just the, uh, music for for Aaron here and and for Beth? What do you do to get away from the just the the concept of the show? 
Um, like, kind of, what do I do to just kind of clear my mind yeah. or whatever? Yeah, what do you do? I mean, I, I like to be outside. Like, I try to try to go hiking or I try to do stuff that's just in the outdoors because that's generally where I find peace. I like to travel. Really just kind of just get, really get away. Like, it's, it's like, even though I might be going to a show or being hanging out with similar people, like, even if I'm just going as far as, like, Cincinnati or Indianapolis to go to a show or see something, it's nice just to get out of Louisville for a while. Um so right. I, find, I find solace in that because I'm still around from I'm still around my people, but not necessarily in my scene with my same people. If that makes sense. Unless you run into one of them at a show, like, well, yeah. like I did with you. Some that of them day. do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at Heavy Hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good time. I'm into outdoor activities. I hike a lot. I kayak. I'm constantly trying to find waterfalls to either paddle or walk to. So nice. I spend a lot of time in NoCal when I'm. When I'm not on tour with bands and stuff, man. I, just posting I just pictures. Oh, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, if you follow me at uh, Stonecutter's Band Tour Manager on Instagram <laughs> or Lit as Fuck Promotions on Instagram, you can see all of my travels. Nice. Ooh. Definitely. Uh, worst album by your favorite band? Prequel by Ghosts, which I know I catch a lot of shit for liking you Ghosts in the first place. Album? F you. <laughs> Which, no, I'm not sitting here and saying that, like, I know Ghost isn't heavy, and I don't even know if I would consider them metal, but, like, their older stuff was heavier. And, and to me, it's like, in me, and I think it was Steven was saying one night, it was like, Ghost is, for me- is Ghost is metal for people who like to have a good time. Or other people call it Scooby-Doo Chase music. Call it whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I mean, Either way, prequel was a trash album, is my point. I mean, they did go tour with Maiden. They did, and that's my first time I saw them. Me and my dad I saw mean, them together. I'm not mad at their hustle. It's just not I get it. So, and that's fair. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm just going to be this guy because I was born in 1980, and when I was 10 years old, I literally watched the fall of my favorite thrash metal band with the Black Album. Oh. Like, what is this? It's, I don't <laughs> hate it, but this is not what this is supposed to be. And then it just really got worse from there. <laughs> but I will say... The shining light of that album. If you have ever heard of Wolf and Man on the Binge and Purge set, oh yeah, it's so. It's literally. I don't even really like the album version of it that much, but the version on the live Binge and Purge is my favorite Metallica song. Well, I actually was. I was just showing you here. I saw your I got binge the giant and purge set out there too. Yeah, <laughs> I've got the uh, the. I just bought the giant box set. Yeah. Of the black album. Yeah. And well, the demo stuff is really Mexico good. City for those oh, I three know. Days. It, well, it was actually it's three. It was three days that they taped. They were there for five. Oh, were they? Yeah, they oh, took two. They took a day off between two God. shows. Man, yeah, a thousand. You, if you were like, I'll transport you back for that show right now for a thousand dollars. Right, like, like a show. Follow me to the ATM. Yeah, right. Shit. Yeah. Are you sure? I'd be like, you want two instead? Yeah, right. Uh, I might even go four. <laughs> uh, priest or Maiden? Oh, Maiden for me, easy. I mean, I don't have too much tattooed on me. <laughs> I like them both. I mean, offhand, just recently, I mean, I like them both equally, but lately I have been listening to more Priest. Iron Maiden put on one of the singular best concerts I've ever seen in my life in Nashville few years ago yeah. all of us went there was definitely like 30 of us there and it was just oh that's was that the year you, did you meet my dad was yes. that the year me and my dad yeah you got to meet my yes. daddy because he oh. looks all square but he's actually a really big metal <laughs> it head. was so good they played for like three hours mm-hmm. it was it was amazing it was an experience i mean i like them both that's a really hard decision yeah 
It, it is. It is deadly <laughs> hard. Uh, another kind of rapid fire question here, uh, because of metal, denim or leather? Leather. Mm. Uh, I'm a denim guy. Right on. Yeah. I mean, leather rebel. I mean, if I we're going to talk about Jewish priests, I do wear leather when I'm on my bike purposely because I don't want road rash. But right, I mean, yeah, uh, more of a denim guy. Yeah. I mean, Did my you, battle vest is denim. But I mean, you saw the pants I was wearing last night. I only night. wear Levi's <laughs> pants ever. So did you I'm see the uh, the Rob Halford like denim trench coat? I didn't. And it's all, it's like, yeah, it's a denim trench coat. It didn't have, it was like a battle vest, but it was a trench coat. I've yeah. seen other people do I've, that yeah, at I've shows. I've seen a battle vest trench coat before, but yeah. I, it just looks goofy. Anytime yeah. I've seen it, but if Rob Halford's doing yeah, it, I Rob's think that's excusable. It, yeah, Rob can pull yeah. that off. Right. And he even has a priest patch on his. On his well, of course he does. <laughs> just just like Bruce. Right. Just like Bruce at. Dickinson is allowed to wear his own shirts. Oh, it's right. Fine. Well, yeah. And, you know, Jason Newstead. Like, listen, we do this all ourselves. That's one of the things in the group chat with the band is like, okay, who's doing a gimmick tonight? Right. <laughs> can't can't fault them for that. Yeah. It, one guy can do it, but only one can. <laughs> if, if you've got, unless you're Stagecoach Inferno. <laughs> then the, all four the of those guys can do it. Good God. I love it. Uh, what is your biggest fear? Autonomous phobia. What the fuck? Did you just say? Yeah, I probably just goofed it up. But are you familiar with the Uncanny Valley? No. So I'm a, I'm legitimately afraid of anything that looks human but isn't. And what like so things like puppets, dolls, mannequins, stars. No, cause that's, no, because they those are they things, those are mythical creatures. I'm talking about things that are that are that are not that are inanimate but look human. Oh, fair. Okay. So okay, like, so not not necessarily the Pirates of the Caribbean ride at Disney. No, I mean that's that's uncomfortable. But like it's like like it started as a child with clowns because I saw the Tim Curry it when I was way too young, and my sister tormented me with that, and I'd be in the playroom and she would throw red balloons downstairs and scare the shit out of me. And then I don't I don't like cartoon characters that look happy all the time, but that's the way their face stays. But like ultimately, the Uncanny Valley is. It was come up by like these Japanese like scientists and stuff like that, robotics experts and like a psychologist, and it's it's a line graph and it measures your level of human revulsion. The measures the level of revulsion when exposed to human like stimuli. So it's like everybody's a little creeped out when they see something that is not human but looks but real looks close, close. Right. because so, it's just our natural reaction. Because they be don't like, blink and it's just not- uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So that 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 is my biggest thing is That's anything like that. I don't I don't I won't go to Old Navy because their their mannequins have heads and it creeps me out. Interesting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, well, I mean, I, I know that's weird, but like it's actually more common than you think. But a lot of people have like fears of clowns and puppets and oh, things sure. like that. But they yeah. like mine is is all encompassing. Have you ever seen the movie Westworld? Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like bring that, that up. Yeah. Huh. Sorry. Or the movie Mannequin. No, I'm yeah. Just oh, Stay Hollywood. I love Mannequin. That was a wow. great movie. That yeah, I actually just now. watched that for the first time like a few weeks back <laughs> because it was on HBO Max, and I was like, and you know, I like Yul Brenner mm-hmm. uh, because of like uh, the Ten Commandments and shit like that. So I was like, you know what? I want to see this. I haven't. I've never watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and honestly, I think Crichton. Uh, rewrote the story with dinosaurs because it's essentially the same thing it's I a mean, theme it's a theme park that goes fucked up fair enough so is jurassic park yeah 
Yeah. I know. I blame my sister for all that just because, like, and that's why, I mean, I go to Gore Club and I'll watch them, but, like, any of those old movies, like, the, the It movies, the Puppet Master movies, Chucky, oh, yeah. any of that shit, I blame on my fucking sister because she made me watch them real young and then would tell me my toys crawl on me when I'm asleep. Like, like she scared the I mean, shit out of me as a kid. Why crawl in your mouth while you're sleeping? Well, that's... So it's your biggest fear is spiders. Fuck you. No, because and because of that, I was never a baby doll kid. I didn't like and like I I had these porcelain dolls my grandmother gave me. I went and put them in the basement. Like I don't like that shit. Okay, fair. I don't know. That is, you know, I go into customers' houses. I'm just, I'm just upset. I go into customers' houses all the time, and I'm, I get it. That is a fucked up thing to walk into a room and something just sitting there being like. It's like fuck that, man. yeah. Especially when you like Rock turn on. Fuck no, yeah, no, he did. It's because my take co- the Aussie tape out. No, take the Aussie God, tape no, Teddy Ruxpin. Uh, that that is another one too. Is because my my cousin had a Teddy Ruxpin, and I remember that like the batteries would start to die, but then it would come on in the middle of the night, and it was because the batteries oh, would die, and it oh, sounded demonic. That. I'm not gonna. That lie. scared. That was creepy. It scared the shit out of me, so I would take it and I'd go throw it in the backyard, and my aunt would be like, "Why the fuck is there a Teddy Ruxpin in the yard?" <laughs> Like, Why it came alive. Aren't we coming up with the idea for a new spinoff of Teddy Roxman? It's mm-hmm. like heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Teddy, Teddy no. Roxman that's made. Eddie Roxman, like Teddy from Iron Man. Hey, oh, yeah. oh, oh, shit. That's shit. it. That, uh, we have organically come up with a million yeah, dollar idea. Edit this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about you? My biggest Aaron. fear probably being buried alive. Seems like a yeah. terrible way to go. Yeah. God damn! At least give me a bell to ring. Yeah, claustrophobia is a close one. Man, me, I so. just—I don't know. I've always uh, like I the ghost story about the guy uh, who whose wife put a phone in with him. You ever hear that ghost story? Uh-huh. Yeah, he wanted to be buried with a phone because he he had a fear of being buried alive. Yeah. He ended up getting uh, his wife got a call one night and it and it sounded like him. And when they exhumed the body, the phone was off the hook. Damn. Yeah. Dun, 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 scary stories that, to tell in the dark. No shit. That's crazy stuff. Yeah, being buried alive, that would be terrible. Yeah, man. I just, I, you know, I have two brothers and one older, and I played football in high school, and like we always wrestled and stuff, and just like I never liked having being pinned down. So being at the bottom of a football pile, like, you know. Oh, yeah. I hated that, and I was like, oh my God, can you imagine being buried alive and you're just stuck, pinned down, yeah. knowing you're going to run out of oxygen sooner or later? Like, yeah. Claustrophobia is yeah, the best one for that. Just the yeah. anxiety of it before you fucking actually die seems terrible. Like, God, if I'm going to die, let that happen quick. Right. I right. got lost in the tunnels at a discovery zone when I was a kid, <laughs> and I couldn't find my way out. And ever since then, I've been claustrophobic. You have, I like, had a, the stories that are so traumatic for you, and I'm an I asshole because I keep laughing. No, it's, they're funny. <laughs> I, I was, but I was. It's like all your I was trauma un- comes from a place of almost funny, but it I can does. see why it's kind of traumatic. And it's fine, but I was, I was a neurotic ass. <laughs> Child, so I mean, there's that. Have you ever seen Gremlins? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, uh, it's uh, the reason why <laughs> the reason why she hates Christmas is because <laughs> the, uh, her dad fell down the chimney and they, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, getting lost it's out of Christmas tubes at the Discovery Zone. It's why I'm, why I'm claustrophobic now. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. It is. Ask. It is. So is what Die Hard. Die Hard's a Christmas Man, movie. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Hell yeah. Yeah. Not only does it take place over Christmas, but Die Hard 2 takes place over the same, like, Christmas yeah. week, or Thanksgiving week. Yeah. So, yeah, because it's snowing and shit in that one. So All that movie ever made me want was a Styrog. 
<laughs> beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Come on. <laughs> Definitely fucking bourbon. Well, yeah. And bourbon. Everybody everybody yeah, from Kentucky stop. has said that. Bourbon. Yeah. But we're also I'm being... That guy. <laughs> your best beer is not as good as the worst bourbon. Mm-mm. And fuck your IPAs. Shit's gross. Yeah, it's gross. I'm not, not an IPA fan. Stop Stop bitter stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We are both tequila fans, though. We, hey, Woo. listen. I chase, I chase my bullet with Espelone, and I very regularly drink Magbar out of both of those bottles. In fact, I just did it last you week. You still need to get nice. them to order some Lucha. And, yeah, Lucha, like, Lucha, Lucha whatever drank us out of Espelone and Bullet again. I'm like, well... Order more, motherfuckers. You think y'all have caught on by now. Right. (laughs) Definitely. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. What is something you've always wanted to do, but you're not coordinated enough to do? Everything. <laughs> Come on, you go. You know, I'm accident, no, ask him. I'm accident prone as shit. You go hiking, though. And when I go hike, when I want to go hiking, I feel like I have two left feet. Yeah. So that's what that's my answer for that. It's it's hiking, you know. So yeah, what what do you feel like you want to do, but you have two left feet when it comes to it? I've never been. Able, I always wanted to water ski or ski, just in general. I've never yeah. been able to do that. I always fall on my face. I was going to kind of say the same thing. I go, I go to the lake a lot. I've got a couple of jet skis, so I'm always try, I try to live at the lake. If I'm not on tour, I either want to be hiking somewhere by a lake or laying my ass in the lake. Definitely. Yeah, so I always see people water skiing and doing all these water sports, and I've got a fake knee too, so now I'm just like, Man, we ain't risking it for that biscuit. Right. So, yeah, kind of the same, like water skiing and water sports. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I can tell you that real easy. People who say it must be nice when you tell them something good that you're doing. Listen, <laughs> you passive aggressive, salty piece of shit. It is nice. And I worked really hard to do these right? nice things. So quit being sad that you don't like your life as much as you like mine. Kind of must be nice. <laughs> I gotta say it with you, it's always in jest. But... So for me, like I have a lot of pet peeves. Like I said, I'm a neurotic person. But like it's 
for me, it's like I'm four eleven. Do not pat me on the head. Don't use me as an armrest. Well, that's Don't. just bullshit. No, it's like it's like they'll come up and be like, "Hey, you're gonna put their fucking elbow I, on my shoulder." I can see. That it's annoying. Yeah. It's annoying. It's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. I don't. I don't like me. It, it's very. I find it extremely patronizing. I don't like it. I had somebody walk up to me at a show a while back, where they they were just like standing there and it smelled like onions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's rough. so bad. Sorry. Why does it smell like a White Castle walked in the building? <laughs> Never go there again. Thanks. Thanks for ruining it. Must be nice. You ruined it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's just bullshit, though. Uh, nobody needs to do that. No, it's, it's, it hasn't happened as, as much as an adult, but probably because I buy the most impractical heels on the planet now and wear them just about everywhere I go. But them shits look fire. Yeah. Right? They look good. Make my They, they shape my calves and my ass. But I'll tell you, I need, I'm going to see my foot and ankle doctor because my foot's been fucked since Vegas. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure I have a bunion from wearing those stupid-ass shoes the whole time. Vegas was fucking you just, wild. It was. You just said an old person word. I did. A bunion. I did. <laughs> I got the arthritis. <laughs> the diabetes. But, no, it's like, I've just, it's, it happened more when I was growing up, because I've always been small, and it just, it gets on my nerves. I don't like it. Definitely. Uh, what is your most unpopular music opinion? Ghost. Oh. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> this and this is real easy. The fact that she likes Ghost and forever fuck the Beatles. I don't like pop music. I don't really like boy bands. Thanks for giving us boy bands. Your music sucks. Acid didn't even make you good. Next. Wow. Yeah. All I have to say is I know. Trust me. I don't at me, dude. Fuck. I don't like Aerosmith. I'm so either. tired of arguing. I've been arguing What's this that? since I was 15. I'm not a big fan of post 70s Aerosmith either. Oh, and I know that. Yeah. I, I look. I even when I was like 22, my older brother Joe could not believe that I don't like the Beatles because he loves the Beatles. I sat down with him, ate some acid, gave the White Album a good run through. No, it's very hit or miss. Yeah. There's good song to me. There are good songs on there. Yeah. But there are far more bad songs on there than good songs. I just can't. I just and, can't with the Beatles. And to me, they're a very hit or miss band. Yeah. I mean, you're not the first. I just feel like they're that. the first version of fucking In Sync. Just with more LSD. Yeah, and, and, and at least they could play instruments. <laughs> you know, at least they could play. I mean, fair. Yeah, fair. That, that is. That's not. respect to John Lennon because he was a good person. Right. right. You know. And so is George Harrison. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I still want to buy that box set. The I'm All just, Things Must Pass. You're just never going to hear just me came listening out. to them in my car. And people ask me what band I hate the least. And I tell them the Beatles. And I get so much hate for it. I'm almost sad I just sent it on here. No, you're good, man. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, you're not the first. Travis is the same. I know several people oh, yeah. that are like that. Definitely. But it's, it's not like Devin Harper. Not like in the Deftones. Like, ugh, of course, we had to bring that trash up. Trash opinion. <laughs> Fuck you, Devin. Yeah, fuck you, Devin. <laughs> Probably won't listen to this. He was but... like, really? You're going to say this every time we're at the bar, and you're even going to bring it up on podcast? I'm like, I wasn't planning. It just happened organically. Right. So basically what you do is you, you tag him in a post with it just so that, that he does listen. We should to say him. we mentioned it's his band or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'll be like, well, nice. I, I actually uh, do tour management for Bowels, so. Okay. You know. 
Battles HC, go see them shits on Instagram as well. Definitely. Tell Devin his trash opinion about the Deftone subs on the page. Uh, got a couple more here. Uh, what album is an absolute playthrough? What can you put on? Listen to it front to back. Danzig's Lucifuge. And that's what really sold me on fucking Vegas this year. Or for Psycho this year. That's a big one for me. Cause, and it has been since high school. Nice. Black Sabbath, We Sold Our Souls for Rock and Roll. Not an album. That's a compilation. It counts! It's the greatest hits. Does that not count? Yeah. No, that's, come on. That's, okay. a, that's a great area, Aaron. And, uh, it, it's the greatest hits. Yeah. Okay. If, uh, British Steel. For example, yeah, right. it's a good one. Sorry, I don't mean to bust your balls on that. But All right, I, but that, dude, that would be like me saying ZZ Top's greatest hits, <laughs> which I have on vinyl. <laughs> right, which is a really great album. <laughs> like, I thought you posted album. the picture of the best of. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, you put me on the spot. Yeah, it's My what it's all about. Album. I also like the car's self-titled, but that's not very metal to say. That's fine, though. I mean, hey, that's what it's about. <laughs> doesn't have to be doesn't, a metal. No, it doesn't oh, have to be. Well, let's Dude, take a could, hard left here. It could be live at Folsom Prison. East 1999. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh. Every song on that is a banger. Definitely. Don't get a lot of... <laughs> people uh, be like, really? Yeah, this is a middle club kid. Hey, no. <laughs> hey, the, people, people give me all kinds of answers for that stuff. You people know, who only listen to metal are boring in you got to have variety. Th- that's true. That's why, you know, this might be the Metal Forge, but, you know, we're equal opportunity here. We we like punk. Uh, we like thrash. We like everything. We play both types, country and western. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> Those are definitely my two favorites. <laughs> right? A little bit of a Blues Brothers thing. I like the old outlaw country. I'm not going to say that I don't. Right. I do like old outlaw country. If I'm at the lake and you get enough drinks, send me. I'll sing Garth Brooks. Speaking of which, you still need to get your Amigo ticket, ticket homie. Oh, shit. Remind me of the Lord. Definitely. Uh, got one more question, but before we do, as always, links will be listed below so you can give a like, share, a follow. Remember, this show is October the 23rd at 1512 Portland, also known as Portal. Come out and see it. Uh I'll tag a picture of the flyer to the show where you've got uh, general admission is $12, 15, and that's pre-sale, uh, 15 at the door, VIP is 25 uh, per individual or $800 per table. Yep. We and only we have two of those VIP tables left as well. They're going like hotcakes. Bam. Listen to that. And it is Babes of Metal 4, an evening with macabre music and brutal burlesque. Yeah. And I, I love the flyer, by the way. That's, Thank that's you. Awesome. I did it. I really, when she sent it to me, I, she sent me two different variations, and I was like, oh, this one, 100% yeah. fucking percent. Yeah. It. It, it's rad as shit. It is. It really is. <laughs> it, it's going to look great up on that billboard on 65 at the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center. Be looking for them shits. Hell yeah. Uh, yes. Do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go today? I just want to shout out to all my ladies. I'm not going to name them one by one, but like definitely, well, I guess there's two in particular. Definitely uh, Heather Lowry and Courtney Markham. She, they've been with me since the beginning. Um, and they're, you know, they're my homies. They're my, some of my ride or die bitches, but I love all my girls equally. And I'm excited to be working with them this year. And shout out to this guy for, for helping me with stuff. And to, to Emily Dixon over at Portal, who's been working with us really closely and been really accommodating. So. I mean, clearly I'm going to shout out the boys. Toxic Run, well, yeah, Art for the Blind, Bat Wizard. We got a hell of a lineup this year with a great, you know, troop of burlesque ladies doing awesome shit in betwixt 
Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, awesome. Final question of the day here is, what album changed your life? I think for me, it would have to be Ride the Lightning. Because I have an older brother, my older brother, Joe. You know, I was into, uh, oh God, I'm going to tell this on a fucking podcast. So there's this joke. If any time we hear we built this city, my brother will die laughing because that was my favorite song as a kid. <laughs> I mean... I wore that song out as like a six year old. And I remember a couple years later, Joe was like, that's not rock and roll. He's like, let me introduce you to heavy metal. And I'll never forget, he had that same banner that you have of Master of Puppets. Yeah. He had to ride the lightning. Hell yeah. And that's what covered his door in his room in the basement. I just always remember seeing that banner, and that's one of the first albums he played for me. And that was like the album that kind of really got me into that heavy metal. Definitely. So this was the which metal album changed your life, or just which album? Yeah, which album changed your life? Um, definitely, I would say because as much as I would like to say it was a metal album, I'm going to say Dirt by Alice in Chains. I have that album because that, that was the truck right now. Like that was one that definitely helped. I mean, my dad raised me on all the dad rock, the CCR, you know, the ACDC, all that stuff. But he was also an old metalhead too, so all the Iron Maiden and the Sabbath. But that one somehow. That was the first one I definitely could listen to all the way through because that was when I was starting to come into my formative years as a child and like definitely felt like I could relate to some of that stuff and it definitely felt like that brought me and my dad closer musically and I was able to open up more and learn more about who he was because you've seen him. He looks like a fucking normal (laughs) ass person now, but I asked him once like, how tight were your jeans in the 70s? He's like a lot tight, very, very, very tight. And long hair, you see it. He got mistaken as a woman all the time because his hair was long. He looked like Jeez. a very different person. Man, I remember having long hair. But um, me too, definitely, because that one definitely, you know, veered me into the more alternative music. And even if, even if it was grunge, you know, but like, yeah, brought, brought me and my dad close and well, all and that. And we recommend stuff to each other. Even though I found others, once I found a Linkin Park CD and a Disturbed CD in his in his den, and I'm like, what's this? We don't Definitely. need a mention, Dad. I'd have to say if there's one more like notable mention for an album that changed mm. my life, it would probably have to be Bloody Kisses because that's where mm-hmm. I found LSD. Right. LSD changes everybody's life for the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, Aaron, thank you so much. Beth, thank you so much for coming on the Metal Forge this week. Super rad times, as always. Again, give a like, a share, and a follow. And... Yeah, and one more shout out. It's like follow us on Facebook, Harlots and Hellions. Yeah. Absolutely. With all the show updates and whatnot. Instagram.com, lit as fuck promotions. Absolutely. And so, with today being the 8th of October, this show is the 23rd. So, be out there if you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area. Rock on. Rock it. It's called Ed Jammer.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now, we're really going to start pounding the Metal Madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. 
you'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs> 